Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and once again, I want you all to listen up here and get a load of this. I hate racism. I'm sure you do as well. I hate it. It's an everyday existence in our country that causes nothing but serious problems. But you know what I also hate? I hate people who use racism in a story just to make it a story, just to make it, if you will, sexy, just to make it garner attention. And that's just what ESPN has done in their Derek Jeter documentary, The Captain. In a word, disgraceful. So like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. And let me tell you, folks, I, I started watching this Derek Jeter documentary. I wasn't going gaga, oh, I, I got to see this, I got to see this. I covered the guy for his entire career, from 1996 into his retirement. Okay? I'm not saying I know him intimately because I don't think anybody, certainly not anybody in the media knows Derek intimately. And that's fine. Some guys you know more about, other guys you don't. Some guys are guarded, other guys are more open. That's fine. I'll never criticize somebody for being guarded. That's their right. Just like when we want somebody to talk. But... I'm watching this number five, uh, the fifth episode, and it's it's titled Hide in Plain Sight. And they cover two issues. One, how he never really said anything. He always said the same vanilla stuff, if you will. And that's fine. I, I'm, I'm not here to talk about that. Because as I said, to me... Um, whether I was working at Channel 9, WWR, when I was working at Fox 5, I'd always be at his locker with a camera, always be there waiting to hear what he's got to say. He never made the media, any of us, stand around forever and ever and wait like certain people do. He answered questions. He answered questions directly about the game. He was smart enough to navigate through knowing I'm not going to get caught. You're not going to catch me on this. And that was fine. But all of a sudden, I'm watching his fifth episode and we start going into this thing about race. I've covered Derek his entire career. I don't ever remember race being an issue involved in Derek's career. So why are we talking about it now after he's in the Hall of Fame? Okay, he's been out of the game for how long? Why are we talking about it now? The only thing I ever heard ever about Derek Jeter with race, uh, and this was way early on, he, he, you know, people would ask him a question or something. And, you know, like he opened up the thing here. They ran an old... Interview. It, it had to be, I don't know if it's his rookie year, had to be his first couple of years. My father is black, my mother is white, and people think I'm Spanish. And that got this whole thing going. But we knew that he was 
biracial. It's no secret. Biracial in today's society is certainly no secret. And quite frankly, it's not a big deal. Back in the day, yes. Back when I was growing up, yeah, you took a look. Quite frankly, back when I was growing up, if a black person and a white person were holding hands down the street, straight or gay or whatever, boy, you took a look. World's different today. But maybe you heard Derek say, you know, when he was a kid growing up, he knew uh, that he was different. Father, Dr. Charles Jeter, explained that to him. Uh, he had a happy childhood, but he knew, you know, he heard comments. Okay, we, I heard that way back when. Through his entire career, there were no race issues. Why are we talking about race now? with Derek Jeter, just to make it an extra episode, just to make it, as I said, sexy, just to make it so it can garner attention. Because when you start talking about racism, that's what it does. That's what it does. They have this woman, Shakia Taylor. She's the content editor for... The Chicago Tribune, black woman. This is her in this piece. Derek Jeter's media situation is super unique. Not just, not in just that he played in New York or he played for the Yankees, but that he's biracial. There's this thing with biracial people where there's an ownership that happens. Most are like, okay, you say you're black, you're black. But that doesn't happen on the other side. She goes on to say, you may not be black enough for certain black people and you may not be white enough for certain white people. Why is this a discussion? Why is this a discussion? Because it's never been a discussion with Derek Jeter. For all the things we wanted to find out, whether who he was dating or what who he's married, this never became a discussion. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Then they speak to um, Howard Bryant. Now, you know, Howard's been a writer covered baseball. White owners, white coaches, white media, white season ticket holders, black players. That's pro sports. This is the filter through which you as a professional athlete have to navigate. Black players have always believed that the sport doesn't want them. Why is this in a discussion in the Derek Jeter documentary. When Derek has never been involved in this, Derek has never spoken about this, why is this in the discussion about Derek Jeter? Is it because ESPN wants to be woke, if you will? Folks, you've heard me say this before. 
when we're discussing politics on some of these podcasts. You heard me say, give me a black guy fighting with a black guy. It's two guys having a fight. Give me a white guy fighting with a white guy. It's two guys having a fight. Give me two black girls fighting, two girls having a fight. Give me two white girls fighting, two girls having a fight. But give me one black and one white. Yeah, amen. Then we got a sexy story. We got a juicy story. Because why? Because we got racism involved in the story. That's why. I mean, to me, I'm not saying this Derek Jeter documentary has been great, but I was enjoying it. You know, seeing a lot of old stuff and brought back a lot of uh, memories. This? What the hell does this have to do with anything about Derek Jeter? Because Derek Jeter's never been... They use a piece, uh, an old interview, Gary Sheffield being interviewed, and he refers... uh, he, He was saying that black players, uh, he has seen racism, black players are treated different than white players. He was asked to give an example of what team. He said the Yankees. Okay, now he played for the Yankees and he played for for Joe Torre. All right, okay. And he he used, so, so the person says to him, well, wait a minute, you're biggest player is black he goes who's that Derek Jeter no he's not he's half black he's half white oh okay he's half black he's half white now he said that way back when why is that pertinent now why is all this being said now and then he goes on to say he uses an example Gary Sheffield uses an example. He says, well, you know, uh, because I heard like teammates, Kenny Lofton, Tom Gordon, Tony Womack, when they walked out of Joe Torre's office, they didn't get the same results. They were treated differently. Same results as what? Same results as Derek Jeter? They wouldn't get the same results as Derek Jeter. For one very big obvious reason. Derek Jeter's stature. He was captain of the Yankees. He was captain of the Yankees. Made captain of the Yankees. Pretty big deal. Quite a bit of stature right there with that title. Tony Womack, Tom Gordon, Kenny Lofton, Warren treated, you know, you know, maybe the same as other people. I'll give you a couple of examples. You think, let's see, David Wells, you think Jim Lyrits, if they walked in, to Joe Torre's office, they were treated with the same respect? Not, I shouldn't say the same respect. You, you think they were treated the same way as Derek? I think not. And I, I really liked both of those guys. I, I knew David Wells when he was a rookie coming up in Toronto, where I started my career. 
But really? Because those guys were viewed as pain in the ass. As a pain in the ass. But now Chef goes on to say, I guess they interview him currently, and says, no, I, I didn't said... I, I didn't say that uh, Joe Torre was a racist. It, it's just like it's part of the story. Well, hey, here's a question for ESPN. Since you choose to make this a vital part of the Derek Jeter story, how come you didn't go talk to Joe Torre or get a quote from Joe Torre? Today, Joe, did you feel you you feel you treated black players differently? I would have liked that if you're going to do it, then do it right. To me, they're selling, they're throwing racism into this. They threw Amadou Diallo and Sean Bell into this. Amadou Diallo, if you remember. Major story, I think it happened in 1999. Gunned down, 41 shots. Remember, 41 shots. Bruce Springsteen made a song, 41 shots, by the police. Sean Bell, some years later, uh, I don't know if it was a bachelor party, shot by police. What does that have to do with the Derek Jeter story? What does that have to do with the Derek Jeter story? I mean, to me, when I saw that, they showed Chuck Scarborough from NBC News reading some headline about black people being shot by police. What does that have to do with the Derek Jeter story? Folks, I'm not saying those stories. Do not misread me here. I'm not saying those stories are not legitimate stories. We're not legitimate stories and what happens today. I'm not saying they're not legitimate stories. But what's that got to do with this? What does Amadou Diallo and Sean Bell have to do with Derek Jeter? For the life of me, I do not understand. And then it just angered me so much. This Shakia Taylor, uh, Taylor, as I said, you know, she she likes covering the Negro leagues. She's a black woman likes covers the Negro leagues. Calls herself a historian. Again, it's a content editor for the Chicago Tribune. Here, I think Derek Jeter is not considered on the list of great black major league players because he's biracial. I think there's reluctance, hesitation, maybe a little bit of fear in naming him that. It confronts the media in their own thinking. It confronts the perception of what a black ball player is. What the hell are you talking about? I think Derek Jeter is not looked upon as a great black ball player or as a great white ball player. I think he's looked upon as a Hall of Fame ball player. That's what I think he's looked upon. That I'm sorry, and I'm not being naive. 
it's just that's what it is. I I'm not being naive. He's not looked upon. He's not accepted as a great black ball player. He's accepted as a great ball player. Now we're going to measure everybody. This is 2002, okay? It's not April 15th, 1947, okay? I, I I just don't get it. Well, I, I, no, let me correct myself. I do get it. I know what ESPN is trying to do here. And and to me, I'm sorry. I think it's reprehensible. Howard Bryant. Journalist, black journalist, has covered baseball. If Derek Jeter was out there talking about the issues black people are facing, the public would have turned on him as well because the public turns on everybody who calls out American racism. It's the price you pay. That's why a lot of black players don't speak out because they can't afford it. What's that got to do with Derek Jeter? What does that have to do with Derek Jeter? This was racism just thrown in there. It was a discussion on racism. As I said, folks, I don't know Derek intimately. Last time I sat down with Derek, I'll tell you exactly when it was. Um, December, I think exactly the date, I think it was December 3rd, 2018. Uh, some of you may know, maybe you don't know, I've been heavily involved with the Muscular Dystrophy Association for many, many years. I, I spearhead this muscle team gala that up until COVID, we ran every year. And Derek Jeter was our guest of honor. Uh, he came to it, uh, sat down. We we'd, we'd had what you call, quote unquote, one of those fireside chats. That was the feature in front of a room full of 800, 1,000 people, raised something like a million dollars, uh, 1.3 million that night. Had a nice discussion with Derek. He's always been guarded. Always been guarded, but, but guarded about any and everything. But he's never spoken. I, I've never had, I've never heard him talk about that at all. When I say that, I'm talking about getting to discussion of race. And and I don't know what his private life has been in terms of that. I, I As I said, I alluded to when he was a kid growing up, he heard a few things. We, we've known about that. From what it appears, he had a wonderful upbringing by his parents, Dr. Charles Jeter, his mom, Dorothy, and a nice relationship with his sister, Charlie, who helps run his Turn 2 Foundation. And I'll tell you what, you want to see a family looking dumbfounded and pissed off. This absolutely shocked me. This comment shocked me. Um, Wally Matthews, who I know extremely well, always haven't seen Wally in years. In fact, the last time I saw Wally, we sat at the same table uh, at a wedding. So I'm going back uh, 
good few years. I don't think it's five, but I'm going back a few years. Anyway, Wally described Derek, and I was dumbfounded. Derek Jeter doesn't identify racially. I don't think he does. He just seems to be racially neutral. Derek Jeter was almost colorless, not only physically, but in the way he spoke. Wally, I've known you for a lot of years. I, I was dumbfounded when he said it. I think it was disgusting that it was said. I think it was disgraceful. And you know what? They went to Derek about that. And Derek, they bleeped it out. But I'll tell you what Derek said. Derek said, who the fuck are you? He's never spoken to me about it. He doesn't ask me the question. Those are for the very reasons that a guy like Derek Cheetah is guarded. I, I, I just, folks, I think you can hear it in my voice. This really, really bothered me. Because racism is a very serious issue. Just like anti-Semitism, any kind of prejudice, it's a very serious issue. You don't just throw it around and you don't just make excuses. And that's what the world is today. And, and, you know, if I'm offending certain people for saying, well, Russ, racism, yeah, what's it got to do with this story? If you want to have a full discussion of racism, then have a full discussion of racism in a documentary about it. This was not about it. This was about Derek Jeter. To me, it came out of, no pun intended, left field. It made no sense whatsoever. And, and quite frankly, it was insulting to Derek Jeter. Now, I, I don't know how much control Derek had over this or didn't have or what have you or who, who has what control, but I just think it's disgraceful this thing had nothing to do with Derek Jeter. If you looked at Derek Jeter's career and you looked at any headlines or anything, I never, ever saw race involved with Derek Jeter. Never. Not once. Not once. And now we have it. An absolute disgrace. If you want to have discussions on racism then have discussions on racism. But have real discussions. Don't throw it out there just like somebody is saying, well, this is racist, this is racist, that's racist. Let's hear from other sides. But again, that's in a different scenario, not in the Derek Jeter documentary. You want to know what they did to the captain? They insulted the captain because I think it's been a bunch of crap. Sorry to say, Derek, but that's what it's been. Those 50 minutes or so in episode five turned my stomach. Period. And that, my friends, is a wrap on today's Get a Load of This. Now I like to get a load of you. So let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can do so on Twitter at Russ Salzberg. 
You can do it on Facebook. You can always check out my website at russsalsberg.com. Now I'd like to thank my home here at believe.com because as I say to you all the time, Believe is the number one podcast network for professionals. But above all, got to thank you to people out there because without you to people out there, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to each and every one of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Have yourselves a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.